0: and this is pastor curtis king (laughs) hey buddy man i'm good to see you merry christmas merry christmas to you and to janet and joseph and all the rest of your grandbabies
1: and to your whole crew as well and uh, uh for everybody who is watching or listening today uh we were both talking about how right over my shoulder we have the garland hanging on the balcony and then right over pastor richard's shoulders you see the poinsettias outlining him to give him that festive santa claus look so well it's red so
0: it's either it's 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 either the the christmas Mm -hmm. color or it's the little devil in me coming out i'm not sure which so Uh, we'll see how the podcast goes today
1: uh, yeah, that's right. We will make that determination within the next 30 minutes. How's that sound? <laughs> it is so. an
0: Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, close to an Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: Yeah, no, that's, I don't, I'm not
0: seeing that as Crimson Tide. You know, what's Tide. even closer yeah. is your, is your sweater. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this oh,
1: hang on, let me yank this thing off. <laughs> let
0: me get this thing off here. <laughs> oh, good.
1: Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. Has it snowed
0: there yet? We've had some flurries, and one day we had a light dusting, but that's been okay. it so far. Today, it's like 50 degrees outside, so.
1: Okay, okay. When we were um, uh, on our uh, Florida Thanksgiving vacation, they got an inch or two here, and, um, which is really sad because, I, I honestly, I kind of enjoy getting out and shoveling the snow at church, and uh, so I wasn't here to do it, so others had to pitch in and do it. But um but we had that we've had we've had snow that did not stick now uh tomorrow, which when this airs will be two days ago, uh we are expecting uh snow pretty much all day. And so um, I'm 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 excited about getting a little bit of snow just so long as it's gone by the time church starts on Sunday morning, the roads are clear, sidewalks are clean, all that good stuff. So sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just sharing with you my, my sister-in-law's coming for a visit. Yep. And uh, so Saturday night, uh, we're going to take her to Seneca Falls, which okay. is the town that Bedford Falls was based on from It's mm-hmm. a Wonderful Life. So um, <clears throat> we're going to go do that and have some fun. So if um, if we could drink some hot chocolate, watch the snow come down in Seneca Falls, there would not be a better way to, to have a Christmassy time with family. Are you going to go see George Bailey's home? I am, I am. Uh, There is a house there that they say is the old Granville house, which who knows if it is or not. There is a uh, wonderful life museum there and it's free. uh, So it it doesn't have as much as you might hope that it would, but it does have some pretty cool stuff. And there is a guy there that dresses up like George Bailey and he looks like him, but he sounds exactly like him. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. I've, I've, I've told you about Seneca Falls
0: before, right? Uh, I don't know. I probably wasn't listening, but probably uh, not. Yeah. There's a bridge no, I, there. I want to know if, if the, if the, uh, when you're going up the stairs, you know, he grabs hold of the top yep. of the, and it comes off. I want to know if that actually happens. Well, so there's somebody who lives that in the
1: house. So I'll go knock on the door and say, Hey, Richard wanted me to see if, if yeah, you're please yeah, do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can manage that for you, but there is a bridge there. Okay. okay. That goes over, um, it's not exactly a river, but it's, you know, uh, it's too big to be a creek, too small to be a river. And um, way, way, way back years ago, um, there, there's a plaque there dedicated to a man who jumped off the bridge to save a guy's life. Ah, oh, okay. okay. And um, Frank Capra visited Seneca Falls well before the movie was made. And, and actually they said walked across that bridge and read the plaque and, and uh and that's kind of where the movie came
0: from. Ah, I see. I see. Yep, yep. Okay. So, so it wasn't I don't Clarence. know if it was Clarence that jumped over to get him. It uh, wasn't Clarence that jumped. Okay. All I right. told the
1: church the other day, totally straight face. I was talking about how that there's really only, you know, four angels named in you know in the Bible, you know, that you got Lucifer, who's the fallen angel, Michael and Gabriel, and Clarence. And um only one guy
0: Got it. And he was,
1: wait a minute. <laughs> so, anyway. Well,
0: I, I don't have a lot of Christmas traditions, but one of them is I try to watch. It's a wonderful life at least once um, yes. during Christmas season. So it's a long movie. So I never watch it more than once, but I try to get it in there at some point.
1: <laughs> I, I don't watch movies. Honestly, I don't have the attention span to watch a movie. No, you, don't. Uh, you know, if the rest of the family wants to watch one, okay just just so I can work i'll I'll prepare a sermon while I'm you know watching the movie yeah and um so it is what it is, but it's I, a
0: wonderful life. I do watch it every year I remember back in our old ministry I'd come over on a sunny night or or whatever to watch a football game, mm-hmm. and I remember when you got your first smartphone and <laughs> back then you were on Twitter, and I just remember yeah. that being the greatest uh therapeutic thing for you because the game was on the tv and then you had twitter in your hand and you're scrolling through so you know it kind of kept you anchored on the couch um, throughout the whole game so
1: honestly i love football you know how much i love football but i can't even sit for three hours glued to a football game (laughs) i just i can't sit still i've got to have two or three other things going on at the same time it's just the way i'm wired amen i don't know i'm a strange person
0: Well, we have to keep our segments here moving in order to keep the attention span of our listeners, uh, because I think some of them may have as short of an attention span as you do. So the next segment is joke of the week.
1: Yes. And we better get on it because we got a lot of ground to cover today. Okay. Uh, Who goes first? Do you go first? We'll let you go first. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. All right. I need to pull it up here so I can remember what it is. All right. Um, All right. So. There is um, uh, the Santa's little helpers, his uh, his elves. Um, they have a um, a nickname. Do you know what the nickname is of Santa's little helpers?
0: Is the nickname your punchline? It is. Okay, I don't know. What, I don't know what Santa's elves' <laughs> name is.
1: They are the subordinate clauses. <laughs> <laughs> try to top that one. No, that's that classic right there. Man. That classic. We'll have to come up with a metric <laughs> of how we're uh, judging these jokes here. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I'm not so sure who has won or lost the last few weeks. I'm not really
0: sure. We're not really getting the votes in the comment section, but I think people are enjoying our jokes. They're just afraid to vote. So
1: yeah, please vote. Please vote. Even if you vote against me. all right let's hear yours today
0: okay so mine is compliments of siri okay i was rushing around this morning getting ready and instead of pulling up a website i asked siri to tell me a christmas joke yeah and i had siri tell me several christmas jokes but the first one he told me was the best one he gave me the, the best one first so here it is all right um let's see here what does santa wear in a fancy chimney Okay. Oh, Is there a fancy chimney? <laughs> yes, there but are I, fancy I, chimneys. I give. What does? He fancy wears man? a three-piece suit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with subordinate clauses. <laughs> okay. Suit,
0: you know, suit, you get soot in a... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. soot. <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. If you have to explain <laughs> the joke, it doesn't work. So. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, we better get religious here real
1: fast or we're going to lose everybody that's watching. So
0: Oh my. Well, we're having a good time even if no one else is here so. Uh, yeah.
1: I listen, I, this is the highlight of my week would we'll be a new banter back and forth on this stuff. It really is. I I love doing this. Amen.
0: So. I feel the same. Hey, why don't
1: you review from last week and uh, tell everybody what we covered last week and then give everybody
0: a heads up where we're going today? We are talking about marriage and so we are doing several um several of these episodes, uh, and we're calling them marriage medicine. And so uh, we've covered several topics, Pastor King and I, one of our favorite verses in the Bible on marriage. And then we talked about starting out right, making sure that um, you, you get things to a good place. And if you're not married, to make sure that you do it the Bible way. And if you are married, and maybe you haven't gotten off to a, a good start, hitting a reset button and starting over and fo- following the Bible model. Uh, Pastor King, one of the things I tell my folks here when I talk about marriage is I say that, you know, the Bible's model for marriage has become politically incorrect, but it is correct. And I challenge people to find a married couple that follows, both husband and wife follow, the spirit, not only the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law when it comes to God's model for marriage. Bring me a couple like that. That is unhappy. Do your very best to find one, and I promise you that you won't. Um, the world's model is broken and leads to divorce. God's model works because God created marriage, and um, we have a rebellious world that bucks against that model. But it, it just works. And so, uh, set aside what you know about marriage and what you've learned from culture and um, entertainment and uh, even your own parents, and and follow God's model. Then that segued into last week's um, uh, episode where we talked about kindness. We looked at Ephesians 4.32. We're going over 10 tips, 10 marriage tips. The very first one we covered was be kind always. And it's just so important that whatever is going on in your marriage, you have a spirit of kindness. You have an attitude of kindness that leads to actions of kindness and you're kind one to another We understand that on any given day, uh, one of the two of you in a marriage could be having a tough time or be going through a tough season, and maybe that affects your spirit, and uh, one of you might be rude toward the other. Don't act in in like manner. Uh, If the other one's having a tough time, boy, pour the kindness on extra thick. Amen. And that will help bring your spouse back to a good place. When we match nasty with nasty, we shouldn't expect anything but even nastier. So, yeah. Uh, we when you dig- fight fire with fire, you burn the whole house That's down. That's it. That's it. And if, if you win and your spouse loses an argument, you've both lost. Yep. So be kind and uh, be kind always. And so we hope that over the next several weeks, as we cover these 10 tips to marriage, uh, that uh, you all that are listening will take these to heart. And we believe that if you'll put these 10 into practice and work at them, uh, that your marriage will 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 grow from wherever it is maybe you have a rocky marriage things aren't going well we hope that it takes it up to a place where you have an enjoyable marriage some of you have an enjoyable marriage but it's not great it could be better and so put these things into practice and watch as wherever you are you you elevate to another level so pastor king that brings us to the second tip for marriage why don't you give us that one and, and introduce it here
1: we're gonna be ambitious today and try to get three uh, uh, of these done um two, three, and four and um, if we do three this week, three next week, and three the next, then that will be the the whole ten So point number two in uh, the ten marriage tips is church must be a priority. Church must be a priority and um, uh, let's just go ahead and put twenty or thirty exclamation points behind that, okay. Um, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a matter of some is. Um, I, I had someone tell me a long time ago, they said, you know, forsaking the assembly of yourselves, that means just leaving church. That doesn't mean missing church. It means leaving church. And uh, it means turning your back on church. And I, I told him, I said, when, you, when you, your alarm goes off on Sunday morning, and you roll over in bed to go back to sleep, you have turned your back on church. (laughs) It doesn't mean turning your back on church altogether. It means turning your back on church today when you're supposed to be there. Um, It's not forsaking the assembly, it's forsaking the assembling of yourselves. And there's a difference in that. Um, I posted on Facebook the other day that a, um, uh, a Christian without church is like an athlete without a team. And I'll tell you this: if uh, over here we got the Bills, over there you got the Patriots or Giants, Jets, whoever. And if you were a player on the New England Patriots, and there was a team meeting tomorrow morning, if you were so much as ten seconds late to that meeting, um, you get reamed out. I mean, you you would you'd be in big. You probably get a fine. Uh, you just don't come late to meetings. You just don't n- not show up to meetings for whatever reason. Um, if you have some illness, uh, I mean, man, they have high expectations. And, you know, Richard, something I have found is this. I have seen so many so many Christian families that they put their kids on a, on a ball team and they expect that coach to really come down hard on their kid because they want their kid to be a good soccer player, a good basketball player, a good baseball player. And, and, and they want that coach to ride their kid and and really push them to be, to be excellent. But yet they put them in youth group at church. And if the youth pastor tells them to stop talking during his Bible study, then they get all mad at the youth pastors. Like we have these high expectations for our kids when it comes to sports, we have these low expectations for our kids when it comes to church. And, um, that that you will never have a successful uh, family if if you view church in with such low esteem. It's got to be a big deal. Now, I'll say this. I don't expect everybody to do everything exactly the way I did. But I'll say even um, 95% of the time, 99% of the time, maybe when I was out of town on vacation, when Sunday or Wednesday came around, we went to church just what we did. Now, there was one time I had to walk out early (laughs) because (laughs) it was a little contrary to my beliefs, but uh, but we went. Okay. Um, You know, now uh, there have been a few exceptions to that, uh, but after 34 years of marriage to have just a little handful of exceptions, um, you know, for whatever reason, that's, I don't think that's too bad of a thing, but I just, to me, I always try to teach our kids that being out of town and finding a, a, a church to go to is kind of a fun, cool thing to do. Now I would not make it awkward for them and make them go in some strange junior church with a bunch of strangers that they don't, you know, they, they could stay with me, you know, um, I, I never want to make it weird for them, but, um, but I wanted them to know Sundays we're church going people. Wednesdays we're church going people. That's just what we do. And, um, uh, some some would say, well, that's legalistic. If you saw the tone in which we did that, I don't think you'd call it legalistic. It's just what we did. Um, uh, it's funny, you don't call the ball coach legalistic because he says, we are having practice on this day, this day, and this day, we're in games on that day. you be at practice, you be at the game. Well, you don't call the coach legalistic because he has certain times that you have practice. You don't call him legalistic because he has certain. The game starts at six o'clock. We are legalists because you say the game, why can't it start at 6.30? Because it starts at 6. The coach is not a legalist, okay? It's just what you do. And so anyway, I, I'm telling you, uh, we, we are raising, we, we have been raised by a generation that took church lightly. And now we have a generation that takes God lightly. The next generation won't even believe in God at all. Well played yeah. Yeah. So something's gotta give, folks. Something's gotta give. Um listen, Sunday morning comes, get your ear in up and get in church. That's what you gotta do. Sunday night comes. What time you tra- start your church on Sunday night, Richard? Six o'clock. Okay. All right. We have um we have a coffee time at five. We have our adult Bible study at five thirty, our children's Sunday school at five thirty. We come down six o'clock church. And um we have a great time on Sunday night. We really do. Um I don't know if, if I, I think. I mean, let me let me say this, Richard. I, I'm going to give you a chance to talk here, okay? Because I, I'm I, this. You can. Tell, this is something I'm very motivated about because I, cause I love church. Okay, <laughs> I mean I really do, and I think everybody ought to love church. But um, I would not let my kids get involved in things if I thought they would end up loving that more than church. Okay. Uh, and there were lots of things they could have gotten themselves involved in that I think they would have enjoyed. But if if I thought that's going to take over their life, I wouldn't even let them get started with it. I wanted, I wanted church to be there. I wanted that to be the big deal. When Joseph was just a little bitty guy in kindergarten, he played on Little Braves, you know, the little basketball league that we had. And uh, first game, man, he was tearing it up, just a little bitty guy. I mean, he was out there tearing it up and scoring and people on the stands were cheering, Joseph, Joseph. And I was too, I was all excited. After a few minutes of that I sat down and I literally prayed, I said, God, please help him to be good enough at that to enjoy it, but not so good that it becomes God. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Joseph you know, him and your brother played basketball together, you know, yeah. and uh, he enjoyed it. Um, the The season that they played together was one of Joseph's favorite things he's ever done, um, but he wasn't so good at it that he worshipped it. Yeah. He kept it in balance. So there you go. I'll I'll stop talking. And let you chime in. I'm sorry. I took a lot of time on that.
0: <laughs> I think that's okay. I think the um, the concept of a team is a great comparison, uh, but but I like to look even beyond that because I we're we're giving marriage advice here and what you said definitely applies to a marriage and a family but let me just kind of hone in on the marriage yeah um, i kind of went in another direction there <laughs> right right ephesians 5 says that we are to as husbands uh, wash our wives with the water of the word mm-hmm. and that we may present and again the comparison is Jesus and the church Jesus trying to com- uh, present the church uh, glorious without spot or wrinkle And I have this great heavy weight on me that I'm going to, Angela is going to stand before God one day and give an account for her life. And I am going to be held responsible for, for that. And I'm, my duty is to prepare her. And in a sense, her duty is to prepare me uh, for that moment. And so, uh, yes, I need to be reading the Bible with my wife, uh, praying with my wife, Uh, making sure that I'm doing that, setting the example for her, encouraging her to do that. But there are seasons in every marriage where maybe our Bible reading and prayer time isn't everything it ought to be as a couple. The one constant that you get from taking uh, each other to church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, is that you are three times a week washing each other, making sure each other is washed in the water of the word. Amen. And so I've, I've had pushback recently where someone was griping because uh, I've used the phrase three to thrive, uh, the old Lee Robertson phrase, three to thrive. Yeah, and I don't yeah. throw it out there a lot, but occasionally I'll say, hey, three to thrive. Let's be in church Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. And I, I believe in that. I believe that uh, so much the more Hebrews 10 says, as you see the day approaching. And when that was written, they were already going to church every day. And so if anything, it's, we're doing so much the less, and you're right, right about church becoming more casual in nature. Um, I need the water of God's word poured over me to cleanse me on a regular basis. And yes, that's to be done, you know, in our own devotions, but that's also to be done uh, together in church. Furthermore, Acts 10:28, I believe it's 10:28. The uh, Paul said that the church was uh, purchased with the blood of Jesus, and it's precious to him, and Mm -hmm. so I am a big fan of spending my marriage time at church uh, around the things of God, and so get involved in church and do ministry together. Uh, Oftentimes, I have found as a pastor that if I can get people to work together toward a greater good, it keeps them from strife. It keeps yeah. them getting along. It keeps them, yes. uh, it gives them, and on top of that, it gives them memories, right? Remember when we did this and we worked toward this and we had this big day? And, yep. and that yep. doesn't just work as a church uh, family. It works in your home. It works in your marriage. If you have kids, it works with your kids where you two are laboring together in a church ministry and you're seeing uh, the spiritual, the eternal accomplished. and And that's something the two of you can grab hold of instead of sitting around and arguing and bickering with each other on a Sunday morning over nothing, if you're sitting in church being fed the word of God, uh, even ministering to others, it it gives you that much more of a way to build your marriage and have a stronger home. So uh, God knew what he was doing when he created the church. He He had every intention of marriage and church working together as hand in glove. And so if you're not faithful to church, you are missing out on a great opportunity to grow your marriage.
1: You've probably heard people say, well, God God instituted the family first and then later the church. And as if to say family is more important. What I would say to that, and, and by the way, it is, okay, it is. I'm not going to disagree with that. However, I would also say he instituted both. <laughs> so both of them need to work hand in hand. And something that most people who are married, who are listening to this, get to do that you and I don't get to do is you and I cannot sit in church with our arm around our wife and and hold her close to us while we're listening to a sermon. That's something you and I don't get. And what I would say to, to the folks listening is you need to cherish that and value that your your church time where you and your spouse can sit together is a big deal. And I would also say yes. serving together is a big deal but but being in a service together is a big deal. You Amen. need both. Okay. Amen. You need both. If you are helping out in children's ministry on, on Wednesday night and your wife is watching the nursery on Sunday morning, Sunday night or whatever, you got to make sure one time a week, the two of you are side by side in a church service and the two of you are standing there next to each other singing all hail the power of Jesus' name. And then you sit down and you both have your Bibles open, ink pen in hand, scribbling some notes and underlining verses and, and engaged into a sermon. Um, it's uh that will strengthen you. It will strengthen you. I got 25 after. You think we can get two points in these uh in five minutes? We can do it. We can do it. You you go, number three.
0: Or number three and number four sort of work hand in hand, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll cover the first one here. Number three is don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Philippians 2, 3 tells us that uh, we're to esteem others better than ourselves. Verse five of that chapter talks about it being the mind of Christ. And so if you're going to have a happy marriage, you can't be selfish. You can't be looking out for number one. Uh, You have to look out. You have to make the other one number one and look out for them. And if you both Mm -hmm. commit to that, boy, you have a happy home, don't you?
1: Yes. Amen. The worst marriage advice going out among secular counselors today is that if you're married, you must maintain your individuality. And what I would like to say is please don't listen to people who tell you to maintain your individuality. (laughs) You are no longer an individual. You're not. That's That's like looking at a bottle of chocolate syrup and a glass of milk and and say okay i'm going to squirt you and but maintain your individuality that makes for a terrible glass of chocolate milk it's not, it's not chocolate milk if 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 they maintain their individuality the
0: word marry means blend yes okay so uh, <laughs> well but, so, but but to take that analogy all the way through uh, if you've ever made a glass of chocolate milk and, and been careless in your stirring you end up drinking milk and then the chocolate's just caked at the bottom of the glass Right. And a lot of marriages are that way, right? Where they're married, but they're not mixed together. They're not. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Selfishness. Listen, uh, if you would just quit, you say, well, well, I've got to make me happy. Okay. You need to redefine happy. Okay. Can I tell you what makes me happy? I, I am not happy by getting to be the one to pick the restaurant to eat in. I am not happy by being the one that get, I am happy by janet being happy yes if janet is not happy i'm not happy okay if janet is happy i am happy whether i got to eat what i wanted to eat or not whether i got to go where i want to go
0: or not if she's happy that's all that makes me happy Uh, you understand yeah Um, and the way the way we hold on to the way we follow this don't be selfish principle is by number four uh the golden rule a golden yeah. rule matthew seven twelve mark ten thirty one luke ten twenty seven say pretty much the same thing, and the golden rule is what doing to others as you would have them doing to you so you know
1: i i, I was talking to somebody recently that um it was a lady that kind of barked at her husband a little bit and um didn't realize she was being recorded, and I'm not even sure how she was recorded I, I don't really know. But somehow the recording got played back and she's like, Don't play, don't 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 play that back. Cause she didn't want to hear herself barking at, at her husband. And what I would say is, listen, if you don't want to get barked at, then don't bark. Don't talk to somebody in a way you don't want to be spoken to. Yeah. Don't instigate it, each other. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in in school, you you'll see. The, the kid who retaliates is the one who usually gets in trouble, but the instigator <laughs> almost gets off, you know, uh, that scot free. So don't do either one, don't instigate. And then if you're instigated, do your best not to retaliate and uh, show grace and show kindness. And remember that both of you at times are going to be a, a, a potential instigator. Sometimes it's on purpose, sometimes it's not. And, uh, and, and so choose, choose kindness choose to respond the way you would want to be responded to if the old adage is if you want to be respected show respect
1: yeah it's it's not rocket science and it's what we teach kindergartners right right and hey i got 45 seconds left and um to wrap this up richard i am looking at points five six and seven right now on on our notes mm -hmm. and um and i'm looking at eight nine and ten We got some really good stuff to cover these next,
0: next two weeks. We really do. One of them involves, uh, your parenting because not, we understand not all of you have kids, but if you have kids, it can add some complications to your, your marriage. And so we're going to address that next week as one of those
1: points. Yes, we are. Hey man, good seeing you Richard. Love you buddy. And, uh, tell your whole crew I said, Hey, and, uh, and we, we got to get together buddy. You know, this, this right here is good. We, we need
0: Eat some pizza looking at the fall one day. That'd be great. All right. God bless you. Merry Christmas.